So the podcast started. Happy um, podcast, Miss. I don't know. We're, that's not a thing. We're not doing that. Podcast, Miss. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. That, I, I mean, I should say that's not a thing for us. That's definitely someone's thing. And I'm sure they made T-shirts already, um, which means they can sue us if we say that. So let's just get into it, maybe. I don't know. This, this is a big one. Lots to talk about. One of the all-time classics. It's been in the top 20 on two different AFI top American movies of all time. It's been on both AFI lists in the top 20. So we'll see what kind of insight Greg has on this one. This is the second oldest movie you've watched, probably. Probably. What, what is the oldest movie I've watched? The Maltese Falcon? Uh, Mal- yeah, Maltese Falcon, I think, was 41 or 42. So this is 46. Yeah. Oh, this is 46. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched very many old movies. I think I mentioned that with Maltese Falcon. I, I can't think of a movie in that range at all, honestly, besides those two that I've watched recently. Cool. Did you watch the color version or black and white? Yes. We watched, that is a good question. The color version. And as soon as it started up, I was like, it starts and it's kind of like black. Like it, it's the, oh, the, like the intro. And I was like, huh, it's weird that this part's in color. But I didn't think too much of it. It was like the the logo for the company. And I was like, well, maybe that got added in later or whatever. You know what I mean? So I was, I was like, whatever. But then like the credits start. I'm like, these are in color. I mean, I was, I was like, right. Isn't this movie black and white? She's like, yeah, it's black and white. This it, I don't know why it's like this. And then it started up and it was in color. We're like, those colors are not supposed, like, they don't look right. You know what I mean? They're not supposed to be like this. They don't. Um, <laughs> but we were too far in it and, and we watched it in color. Wow. It sounds like you were about two minutes in. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't go back. Yeah, couldn't go back. It's also weird because when I went to watch it, it was like, didn't have a, it was just, you know, the title. And then it was the title black and white version. I'm like, it should be the opposite. The black and white version should not have a qualifier and it should say color version because what regular is black and white. See if this was on yeah. Amazon, like before I committed to just make sure I could find it somewhere. I saw that, yeah. like the black and white one is what I saw on there, but I let Ray put it on and she put on the color one. It was the first one that came up. So I just clicked. Yeah. It. yeah. yeah. So same thing. I think, um, Lindsay, I don't know if you had, you also watched it on Amazon, but same thing for me, when you go to watch it, the preview image that comes up on the version in color is in black and white. And then you start playing it and it's in color and you have to go to a specifically labeled black and white version on Amazon prime to watch it in the, the way it was for the first 40 years it existed. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it was fine. Colorized versions from the eighties or, or 60, it's at least like 20 years after this one came out. Hmm. Like, cause this it, wasn't a even a big weird, deal until like, the seventies. Yeah. Really? Like you can tell the colors are added after and they're like, not quite right. You know what I mean? But they were good enough. It doesn't like really detract from it at all. My experience was that I thought I was losing my mind because again, like this is a very famous movie. I've definitely, I haven't seen it. We'll get to all of this stuff later. Should we start the podcast first? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast. There'll either be way more good content than usual before we get to this section or something along the lines of welcome to late movies. My name is Ben Holt and this podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week we'll pick a film that either I or a guest hadn't seen before. And really should have by now this week. Um, don't think we said the title of it yet. It's a wonderful life. 1946's Frank Capra classic. Um, we've never talked about a Frank Capra movie before either, but Hey, we, we now, now we have, I don't know where that was going to go. I, I guess left, left, right, cross your broadcast aisle. Um, 
my vibe on Discord has been clockwise, actually. Clockwise across your podcast. I've got Lindsay. Hi. Greg. Hey. Craig. He's uh, He doesn't talk. And Ray. Quiet. Hi. <laughs> Glad Hi. I come after Craig the Robot. I, it's, it's just, it's <laughs> it's, just it's how it goes. Importance. It's <laughs> clockwise. I'm sorry. And there's no podcast for Craig. It's, I mean, really, there's not. We'd have to do this on over, I don't know, Skype or something. I don't know what else you actually get like separate vocal tracks for. That's in the weeds. Uh, welcome to Christmas Times. This one's actually being recorded in December. Feels very festive. The last one we did for Christmas was a horror movie. This one. This one a little darker and maybe honestly. Um on that note, you guys watch anything good recently? Uh, I don't think. Oh, you just went to the theater, Ray. You went to and you saw movies how they were supposed to be seen in theater, and and you had a wonderful time, right? I did. Yes. What did you see? I saw um, Trolls Band Together. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are itching to see that one. And, um. Have we already talked about that? Maybe separately, yep. maybe not on the... Okay. <laughs> so we maybe we not talked about, like, it was coming out, and we were, I don't know, anticipating it's out, and, yep. I, and I saw it, so... Yeah. It sounds like that's, you loved it. That's um, to say I, on that one. <laughs> I will say, I did geek out a little bit, like, when NSYNC came together to sing. Um, that was kind of fun. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah. So all, all I know about that is from trailers that play before movies I've seen in theaters where you, there's no skip button. And um, I was I think what we talked about was it would be funny and a little sad if it wasn't the members of NSYNC based on what the plot seemed to be of like Justin Timberlake getting the band back together. But it actually um, was NSYNC members. I don't think it was actually. Oh no! Yeah, I don't think it was. But at the at the end, in sync was there, and it was in, very like, in live action. <laughs> no, in in whole <laughs> in whole version. Yeah, oh, it's it's whole version. it was very strange the way that they kind of like shoot it in because you know they they did the whole movie. It was okay. It was better than Trolls Two, I think. But um, at the end, all of a sudden, the main character is like, "You didn't think you guys were the only band that I was in, right?" And then the trolls in sync come in and oh. they sing. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess it's good. Chris Kirkpatrick got a paycheck, but it's <laughs> probably really confusing for kids who are like this, or maybe kids can just, yeah. they just know like, Oh, this one's for our parents. <laughs> I think maybe they just go <laughs> along with it. Cause it's like singing and stuff, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Renly said it was the best fair. movie she's ever seen. She did Bro. say that. Wow. Okay, so Greg, you're going to get to see it pretty, maybe I'll not soon, but many times, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. They made a joke in there about Pink Eye, and then Renly spent a lot of the movie asking me questions about Pink Eye. So that was a fun Uh-oh. movie experience. It's not the same <laughs> setup for that joke as it is in Knocked Up, is it? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Great. Heard it here first. Best movie Renly's ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she liked it more than the Super Mario movie? I guess. I, she, I guess. That's just how kids are. They'll just always say that. <laughs> Good. I mean, I've been accused of being too easy of a grader on this podcast, but that seems a little bit extreme, to, even to me. 
<laughs> she uh she finished the movie and she looked at us and just went that movie kicked ass and i was like wow <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> what about you Lindsay? do they have good movies in texas um well yes <laughs> um i've the most recent one i saw in theaters was the um hunger games movie um oh. but i would say the best one i've seen recently is the holdovers um, nice which I'm hoping we'll all get to watch for Oscar season, but I know I, I gotta, we gotta I watch some. Like we're behind, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I I was supposed to tell you if that was good and worth seeing. It is. Um, <laughs> oh, you saw it too. <laughs> I did see it too. It's still only in theaters though, so you can't find it out on the the seas yet. Yeah, hmm. I really liked that movie. That's good. That's great. Yeah, it was really good. Um. I went to see it with my dad. We were both really distracted and trying to pinpoint exactly where in Massachusetts or New England it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it turns like out it's kind of all over the place. It's filmed in like a bunch of different places and a bunch of different schools. Uh, what's interesting. The, in, in like two sentences, what's it about? This is I, this is still your part of the segment, so you can. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> shoot. Um. Well, I guess it's kind of old, right? But um, or like the setting is like a period piece, almost like I don't know what the nineties, oh, maybe okay. I don't know what it's supposed to be. But it's like a boarding school in New England, and it's over Christmas, and um, there's like starts with five kids um, that have to get stuck there over Christmas with this one crotchety old teacher. Yeah, okay. it's, would, it's... would you would you say it's a Christmas movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's about family. <laughs> okay. It's it's I love like Christmas it, movies. I think it would go over well with family. You know, it's a real tearjerker. It's kind of I wouldn't oh, say it's cozy. Okay. Um, so where does it fall on the Christmas movie scale? What is the a, Christmas movie scale? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> like, well, Iron Man three is at the bottom. Yes, Iron Man three is the the bottom, the bottom of that's the Christmas like movie scale. Barely is at the Christmas movie, and then I guess I don't know, maybe. It's a Wonderful Life might be like at number 10, right? That's like the all-time Christmas movie, maybe. I don't know. It's a barely oh. a Christmas movie. So it is, is actually barely a Christmas movie, you know? Is the scale um, about quality or about relevancy no, to Christmas? How, how, how Christmassy it is. Let, let's, say, let's say Elf is a 10. I was going to say El Elf would be yeah. like Elf top. is probably a 10. Yeah. Okay. Um, if that's like one to zero to ten, yeah, mid middle, somewhere in the middle. Middle, okay. Uh, and it's a good thing there's no pop quizzes because they do explicitly celebrate New Year's 1971 in the movie, oh. so not in, <laughs> okay. not in the 90s. Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not that upset with myself for that. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's confusing because that 70s show came out in the 90s. So the fact that they all have that hair and like clothing, who knows when it happened. I was a little upset that you call it a period piece from the 90s. I was like, happening. That, I know, but that can be true. You felt your bones creaking? Yeah, my bones started to creak. <laughs> yeah, I think I there was something recently about, I don't know if you've seen Almost Famous, but that was like a a period piece about rock and roll in the seventies that came out in the early thousands. But if that came out today, 
it would be about the 90s on like the same time scale and would be considered gotcha. a period piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the holdovers also. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll have to check that one out. Uh, what do you think of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? <laughs> um, it was good. I liked was that it. like a prequel? <laughs> yes. Or, yeah. I also like was not up to speed enough on my um, Hunger Games lore to like know who all the characters were <laughs> or like the main one really um, uh which is not great but um it was still good <laughs> yeah my sister went to see it she had some qualms but said that she had a good time i think she's read all of the hunger Games stuff but not that book if there was mm. a book that came out before the movie i'm not sure uh I'm yeah who knows it. who could tell <laughs> um I just have the Wikipedia page for InSync opened up. I can peek, peek behind the curtain. I had to double check Chris Kirkpatrick was the funniest poll for the joke about who got a paycheck out of it. <laughs> I miss. <laughs> Not double check that. I knew he was in the band, but I had to make sure there wasn't a funnier name. No, that's, that's the funniest one. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Anyway, um, so what I, I went to see a movie last night. So think way back to, I think January was big Jim winter. Um, weirdly we, we all celebrated it. Um, the mood, the films of James Cameron, it was either January or February in the text chains. We were trying to do movies and I wanted to do the abyss because I really like the abyss, but the abyss is impossible Mm -hmm. to watch anywhere. Um, they put it back in theaters, the remaster, the first time anyone can ever see it, besides, I guess, James Cameron and the people who worked on it. And um, the one night only screening they chose last night, Wednesday, and the closest place is Warwick. Um, so I drove to Warwick and watched it there. Still good. I've seen it before, but not in a theater. And it was awesome. Uh, that movie rocks. Cool. We can't get too bogged down in Cameron. <laughs> I know you guys want to talk Avatar, but that's that'll be. That's it. I don't know when that'll be (laughs) someday. Um, Anyway, it's a wonderful life. Time to talk. Talking angels and stuff. Bells ringing, angels getting wings. Okay, let's do it. Um, I am, I guess, had seen parts of this movie before, but never sat down and watched it all the way through and hadn't seen huge swaths of it. So I counted this as I haven't seen it before. Well, yeah, I didn't realize you hadn't seen this. Yeah, how about you guys? I um, I'd seen it, but there was a lot that I didn't know about it when I finally did watch it this time. So I don't know if I really saw it as well as I thought I had. <laughs> so fair enough. I'd never I'd seen, seen it, it a couple of times. Yeah, I'd I'd seen it a few times. I mean, I think I've watched it beginning to end. Like I don't know, maybe one or two times in my life. Yeah, I'd never seen it at all. No. Yeah. I I knew stuff about it, obviously, but. Yeah. I had seen probably like 10 to 15 of the cartoon parody versions of it that every kid's show does at some point. This is something that we end up talking about a lot, or something we've been talking about a lot lately is watching like the original article of a thing that we saw 
parodied a million times growing up. Mm-hmm. And now you guys with kids, I'm sure cartoons are still doing the same references um, before seeing the actual thing. And this is this is definitely one of those that is anytime someone wishes they hadn't been born and and is shown that. And just because I mentioned it a few minutes ago, it happened on that 70s show also. Um Eric wished he hadn't been born, so they showed Eric what is like. Okay, whatever. Who cares? Uh, yes. I don't know why. I, the I know 70 it. show keeps coming up. They did a Hitchcock parody, and so we talked about that on the Birds episode it, last month. It just keeps happening. I can't think of a lot of the specific examples, but I know Kermit did it, too. <laughs> we won't get uh, any further into that. So there's a few of us, I guess, eligible to do a one-minute plot summary. But I feel like, Greg, you usually take first pen on that if you want to give it a go. Uh, yeah, I can do it. OK. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm ready. Cool. Uh, so our movie starts. Uh, a bunch of people are praying for, for George. Um, you just hear their voices. It's kind of panning over houses. And then we do this sick sequence where we like shoot into space. <laughs> There's like planets and <laughs> Stars are talking and stuff. They're angels or whatnot. They got to send someone to fucking help George. He's about to kill himself, but they got to tell his life story first. We see him growing up as a kid. He saves his brother from drowning. He saves a boy who a pharmacist almost poisoned. He wants to travel, but he can't leave his hometown because things keep happening and dragging him back to stay in his hometown to help the people in his hometown. He's got to keep managing this building and loan company that's building houses for poor people in the town. Keep trying to leave. Spends his whole life in this town. Um, we see him. He's a great guy. Eventually, we get to a point where uh, his uncle loses money that's supposed to get deposited into the bank. He thinks he's going to go to jail. The company's going to fall apart. And he hits his low moment. And you see him go to this bridge to to jump off. And the angel that the story's been told to this whole time shows up, jumps off the bridge. George jumps in and saves him and you know wishes he was never born. The angel shows of his life with what the town would be like without him it's terrible his brother's dead that boys that he saved was dead the rich asshole has bought up the whole town everyone's in poverty he realizes he made a mistake he wishes that you know didn't happen that he was born the angel sends him back the town comes together and raises more than enough money for what had been lost by his uncle and then everyone's happy and the angel gets his wings the end 59 seconds. Yeah, good job. Um, So one of the things that comes from not having watched this all the way through, like in one sitting before, and also just knowing most of the references, I was surprised that what most of the references come from is like the last 15% of the movie. Um, I was totally shocked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Clarence the angel is, you hear his voice in that opening space (laughs) sequence but he doesn't actually show up on screen until about an hour 40 ish into the movie uh, with about 25 minutes until credits. And the whole here's what would happen if you had never been bored is about a 20 minute sequence. And that's it. Yeah. So all those childhood parodies really prepared me for that to be the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they don't have the first hour 40 in the, the parody of the, in the cartoons. <laughs> Just a nice guy who keeps getting screwed for an hour and 40 minutes. Yes. Yeah. And an old guy who's not that good at business, who keeps trying to do better at business than him, but keeps not. 
<laughs> yes, I was very surprised at that. But yeah, that surprised me. And then them shooting into space. I was like, oh shit, we're going, we're going to fucking space. <laughs> the stars are like talking. I was like, this is so yeah. funny. It's a good setup though, because um, God or, or whoever is like, this guy's about to kill himself. And he's like, oh, I should go put on some pants and shoes. And he's like, hold up. We're going to start when he's nine. <laughs> you got to know more you about him before you can save him. It's true. I'm trying to think now how much of the background information Clarence actually uses. I guess it's like an appreciation for how this dude, you know, fits into everyone's lives that does help him come up with like, a, oh, let's like take that. Well, let's sever that node and, and show you what happens. So never well, mind. I guess honestly, I guess it was a good idea by God. Fine. Honestly, I don't give Clarence a lot of credit here. First of all, Clarence does not care about George. The whole time he's like, listen, George, my wings. <laughs> listen, you got uh, to be so my, much my harder to get my wings than I thought. <laughs> this is my wings, George. And the whole time he's just like me, me, me. I think the only information he uses is in the beginning when he first tells George I saved you is because he jumps off the bridge. He's like, if I jump off the bridge, I know he'll save me because I heard his life story. I know what's going to happen. I jump That's off the true. bridge. He'll save me. And so, I don't think Clarence thought any further than that. The rest of it, he was fucking winging it. <laughs> Biting cops. He only, he only used the first part of the story where he saw George rescue his little brother. Yes, he was not <laughs> yeah. listening after that. And then he tuned out. <laughs> he tuned out. And he's like, that's it, my wings, it's a slam dunk. Then his bridge plan, he's like, oh shit, George still wants to kill himself. George, my wings. <laughs> Listen, George. About my wings, dude. He knows he knows that George likes to help people. So he's like, you have to help me get my wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. That's See? true. But yeah, I don't think that was actually it. I think he was just being selfish, but I can pretend. <laughs> yeah. And then Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, let's go get hammered. And uh, Clarence is like, hell yeah, dude. Let's see what's up. <laughs> yeah. That's all I, that's all he does. I mean, he's yeah. pretty ride or die, though. You want a friend that's going to bite a cop for you so you can run away. <laughs> he's, he's ride or die. You're right. Uh, and um, he's getting, like, but, fucking choked out on the front stoop of that house. Just just screaming for God to let him disappear. Yeah. I uh, I, I like this movie a lot. I, I was, like, real pumped about this one. Um, and I, I'm always hesitant with the older movies. I've mentioned that before. You know, I don't watch a lot of older movies. Um, so I was a little hesitant, but um, I thought this was great. I think it helped too because it is kind of it is pretty Christmassy, you know what I mean? I know it's not very specifically a Christmas movie, but it's got that Christmas kind of feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, nice I fucking yeah, it's snowing. It's it's got a lot of the Christmassy themes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I just love Christmas I, I think, movies. <laughs> I think one of the things that suffered from my decision to stop taking notes in order to make the podcast more conversational is I don't have as specific fun facts as I used to, but I think that's okay. <laughs> they invented a new kind of snow for this movie. Um, they used to just spray paint cornflakes and just throw them at people. <laughs> but they actually used like like a soapy mixture, which is sort of like the go-to for most fake snow now. And so this movie technically won a special Academy Award for special effects. Ooh. Wow. Wow. For, uh, for inventing new snow. That's cool. Oh. That's my contribution. 
But yeah, I, I liked it. Did anyone hate this thing? <laughs> Tough to hate. Um, no. It's no. a classic for a reason. No, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. not liking it as a kid. I remember thinking it was really boring as a kid. Um, but I yeah, I don't think this watch of it. So I can't imagine mm. I would have liked this as a kid. Mm-hmm. I I really like it. The the ending scene, like I get teared up. I like. Yeah. Was surprised it took us so long to get to that point, but like it it gets me. I really. Like when it. everyone's throwing money at him and singing "Old Lang Syne." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that got it's me okay. too. It's like, oh wow, <laughs> what a, what a good dude! What a, what a good community that appreciates this guy. Yeah. Aside from that one guy who can't go to the seemingly only bar in town anymore, just because he was defending his wife's honor. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He didn't show up to give George money. Yeah, Mister <laughs> Mister Welch or whatever. Yeah, Mister that- Welch. The scene when George is like panicking, he's coming home and he's like abusing his wife and children. That's the I'm like, whoa, George did not seem like this kind of guy. This whole movie. That is wit's end. Time to yell at your daughter. Apparently. Yeah. A little light domestic violence is always nice for your children. Uh, So George, of course, played by Jimmy Stewart, who not y'all, but has We've mentioned before, done his whole kind of rundown on um, the Vertigo episode. Um, on the Vertigo episode, we all did terrible Jimmy Stewart impressions the whole time. Everyone who was on that episode, I would encourage us all to do the same here. But the the kind of go-to Jimmy Stewart impression is always something about an old building and loan. So it's nice to actually check off uh, from the list this movie where that, you know, comes from. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's I good in this. Need to hear you, I need to hear you do an impression for inspiration. It's weird <laughs> because the go-to, the go-to seemingly, if you've watched West Wing enough, is um, just like, oh, you old building and loan. But he does, that's not even the line. He says, you wonderful, you wonderful old, Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building and loan. Uh, fun fact, <laughs> the movie on the marquee of the movie house that he runs by um, is a movie that the guy that plays Clarence starred in. Oh, huh. Oh, cool. Here you go. I think those are my two fun facts. Spent. <laughs> I'll take them. Immediately. Um, spent. <laughs> um, other, the only other really major name from this, there's other people. I mean, Donna Reed, who plays Mary, had a huge career also, but Frank Capra, I like, like I said, we've never talked about. Um, She's good in this. Uh, Frank Capra, a real, a real weirdo, just loved America so much. Um, this is actually kind of considered the downturn for his career because it's it's where he makes a bunch of classic movies in the 30s that you've heard of. Um, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, our generation probably knows from the Adam Sandler remake. Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is probably the big one. It happened one night, huge. And then um, he just loved America so much that he enlisted in World War II, even though he was in his 40s, made a bunch of propaganda movies. Um, While he was in the Army, he won an Academy Award for Best Documentary for one of his movies, Prelude to War. 
He got nominated for another Academy Award, and then he never really had the same success again afterwards, starting in the 40s with this movie, his first movie after getting um, discharged from the military, which uh, was a huge bomb. It made everyone in Hollywood be like, oh, that guy's totally lost it. And so even though it's for him, it's a sliding scale because of the ridiculous amount of success he had before. I think this movie still gets nominated for like five Academy Awards but it doesn't make any money. So it's considered, and he's just sort of an huh. old patriotic weirdo hanging out. And, uh, he's president of the Academy a few times. He's president of the director's guild a few times, just a, a big deal that we haven't talked wow. about before. And I don't really like doing CVs cause I don't like monologuing, but it feels like a big one. I can't believe this movie bombed. I feel like it's a very, like just a, it's not like, it's got such a wide audience, right? Like I, I don't understand. That surprised me a lot. When, do you know what, when it came out? Did it come out around Christmas? They put it out in July. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it came <laughs> out around Christmas. Um, let me let me check. Uh, the original limited release is December 20th. Okay. Yep. But it didn't go wide until January, so that's weird. But movies distribution was different. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, huge bomb. But, you know, in the, it loses its right. It's, it's something about the rights. Again, I didn't take actual notes. Changes in the 70s. So t- you can show it on TV for free, basically, without having to pay a licensing fee. And then it gets shown all the fucking time. So it's sort of the original Christmas story. That it was just really yeah. cheap for some TV channels to just pick it up and show it all the time. And they brute yeah. forced it into a classic. Unlike A Christmas Story, this movie was good. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. I I like, um, I don't know, I feel like they did a really good job with like the pacing. Like the, yeah. even like, because obviously they progressed through George's life. And I feel like they really nailed it. Like every section of his life, they stood at just as long as I wanted to be there. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and it starts real quick too. He's yeah. as soon as they start telling a story of him, he saves his brother in like the first 35 seconds. You know what I mean? Mm. And then he's yeah. a little bit older already. Like that's all you need to know about him at that age. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. You need to start movies like this with a big action sequence to keep the audience like engaged. It's like, okay, we're going to get into some exposition now, but at least you have this action sequence to tide you over. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. That kid, well, how does he slide that far, he's Harry, lighter. when he falls in the in through he's the lighter. ice? He wins. He's lighter, right? Also, he he doesn't try to get out of there at all. He no. before way before, like seconds before he goes through the hole in the ice, he's already saying, "Hey, come save me!" And it's like, just bail out, dude. I don't right. know. I um. So after that happens, and then after he um realizes the 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 druggist which i really like the the term druggist yeah, once he realizes using the, that, it's too bad yeah once he realizes the druggist was going to poison that kid and he like saves the next kid and you know they move on to the next chapter i was like oh shit does george just save like fucking 200 people is this whole story just gonna be george <laughs> saving people's lives at age and obviously he doesn't do that anymore after that scene but uh I really like. I, I was really interested. I was like, I was like, this it can't be what this is. See, he, he, George isn't about to save like every single person in town's life in the the 
when he wishes he's never born, he's just like, there's nobody. Everybody died. Everybody died. <laughs> the I empty. mean, that's kind of like pe- some people would have been better off dead. I mean, it's harsh to say, but like old man Gower, like town beloved town mascot in the real in real reality is just walking into places and getting soda fountain sprayed in his face and getting thrown into snow drifts i don't know why he walked in there because it seems like that's kind of the right like everyone in town is like yeah this is what we do to this guy like everyone is on board like classic, yeah yeah you know. classic greg it's his fault for being there <laughs> he knew the rules <laughs> I'm just saying. He he seemed, <laughs> I think he knew. It's clear that Nick has had this conversation with him before. Gower comes in. He doesn't even say anything. He just walks up and accepts this fate. I'm going to get this square in the fucking face and I'm here for it. I just wanted to be inside for a couple seconds. And then they're going to throw me right out into the cold. <laughs> um, one thing I did really like that was I wouldn't say off-putting, but was weird at first because, um, so this is 46, I think 58 or 59 is Vertigo. And it's Jimmy Stewart's a weird age in that movie too. Um, and he's a weird age in this movie because they make the decision that most of the characters, once they're adults, they just, the actor stays the same. So there's the fun thing where old man Gower is an elderly man from the time Jimmy Stewart He's eight years old to the time he's 38. Old man Gower does not age. I really like when uh, George goes to the high school prom, I guess. And I'm like, the graduation. It's it's more like a homecoming or graduation. I was like, I was like, well, first of all, George, you're 35. I can tell. (laughs) And then. Please, please. He starts he's, like he's thirty-eight. He he's like thirty-eight. He has a toupee like, that comes off when he falls in the water. Yes. Oh my god, I, I like, didn't Whoa. notice that. Fun fact: <laughs> I don't know if I like this thirty-eight-year-old dating this eighteen-year-old, but I felt a little less bad because that eighteen-year-old was clearly also thirty. <laughs> please, twenty-eight. But yes, <laughs> I think something like that. I'm oh eighteen. It's like. You got crow's feet, lady. Like, you know, it's it is what it is. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Harry, Harry, super old too. (laughs) We're like, you're graduating from what high school? (laughs) What? His younger brother, and and the years, the the years actually almost work out if they're their real ages, because the guy who plays his younger brother is, I think, thirteen years younger than him. And you're like, yeah, someone thirteen years younger than how Jimmy Stewart looks. Could be graduating high school, maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, George seems is clearly like, older than me. <laughs> yeah. um, it seems like George took a few years off after high school and now is like, oh, it's my last chance to go to college. I yeah. guess before it gets weird. I don't know what it, why it would be his last chance. You can just kind of go whenever. Um, I assumed it was like a a thing, more like a '40s thing. Like if if you don't go right away, you're 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 in the workforce now. You're you 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 should have four years after high school. You either you can have a college diploma or three kids. <laughs> but yeah, they they he mentions like his friends are graduating college and like coming home, and he right, hasn't okay, gotten so to go yet because he had to work yes. to save up the money to go. Yeah, so we think if it's you know normal 
four year baccalaureate degrees, not associates or, or not certificate programs. So it's probably been four years. We're all doing That's the math. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, the, uh, the guy who opens up the pool. Oh man, I forgot all these fun facts that I still had. Uncredited. <laughs> that guy, the original Alfalfa from the original Little Rascals. Uh, uncredited in this role as some weirdo who, I don't know, doesn't respond well. Who yeah, has the yes. key? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that scene's fun. I like yeah, how they I don't like realize that. that the pool's opened. He's like, oh, they're cheering for us. We must be good. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. There was a couple lines that they said, like a few jokes that like, fuck, they just absolutely killed me. I should have written them down or something. No I can't think of what they no were. For anyone ever. I know, but there was a couple that were so funny. They had a couple lines that were just like, so good. Uh, well, I mean, this sequence leads into the extremely famous um, you know, I'll lasso the moon. Do you want the moon, Mary? I'll give you the moon. Um, yep. I didn't know that was from this. Yeah. No. That's, that is a classic romantic line from in cinema history. Uh -huh. I uh, thought it was fun that when he asked um, how old she was and she said 18 and then she was like, is that too old or too young? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. When, I, when she said that, I was like, too old. This guy's 35. You better not say it's too old. <laughs> yeah. <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mary. Um, I'm, I am on IMDb now to look, just go on the quotes page and see if there's anything else that we can pepper it as we go. But yeah, that's that, that is a tough look. It's, it's an awkward line too. Cause you're like, you don't have to like try and fit into this guy's ideals or whatever, but it's also like, yeah, he was like, too old. It's like, get out of there, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> run, Mary, run. It is funny because, oh. again, they don't, to their credit, use any, like, aging makeup or whatever. But later on, where Clarence is like, she became an old maid and never married. She's 28. Wears glasses now. <laughs> yes. I was dying. I was dying. I was like, old. Oh, she... She never married. I was like, yeah, she's 28, single, life. It's ruined. Works yeah. at a library and wears glasses. Right. And then, like, Clarence is like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what happened to her. As it's, it's too like, horrible to mention. Yeah. <laughs> she, she might as well be dead. <laughs> She'd be better off dead. <laughs> yeah, a fate worse than death. <laughs> approaching 30 and has a job. Yeah, I think Ray, me and Ray were laughing about that. And Ray said something like, she's, Financially she's independent. 28, yeah. nearly barren. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not dependent on any man for money. How horrible. <laughs> right, uh, right after the high school thing is when... Uh, his dad has the stroke, right? And uh, oh, yeah, because she's she loses her robe, she ends up in the bush, yeah. and then right, right then, uh, I think Uncle Billy and I'm guessing Ernie is Ernie the 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 guy who drives all the cars in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yes. come he's by the only one who can drive. <laughs> yeah, he's and the only Burn, one who can drive. He's the police officer, right? Ernie yeah. Yes, Burn Ernie. Yeah. Their friends. Yep. They got something going yes. on. I, yeah, they're they're yeah. special roommates. Yeah, so <laughs> they live together. They have separate beds. Like everybody in the forties. 
But yeah, once uh, once that happened and they cut to the scene of him like in the building alone and it's been three months and you know he missed his trip, that yeah. one kind of yeah. hit me because I was like, oh, <sighs> fuck. I was like, the rest of this movie is just going to be bad shit causing him to miss the trip, isn't it? I was like, because he's going to keep trying to go. And I know it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know he's never going on this trip. They might have already said it. I think pretty early Clarence asked like the other angel. He's like, George never does leave. Uh, what's the uh, for false? Bedford Falls. He's like, yeah, he never leaves Bedford Falls. And they're like, no. So as soon as he misses the trip for his dad, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this whole movie is just going to be like horrible accident stopping George from fucking leaving, isn't it? And I was like, oh God, yeah. this is going to be tough. Yeah, that is not what I remembered this movie to be about. And that that is like what it's about. It's him like keep missing, missing his chance and like why. And I, I mm-hmm. just did not remember that at all. It, it stings every time. It's just too decent to die here. Then yeah, the next one is worse, honestly, because that one like was out of his control. You know, his dad, his dad died. He had to deal with it. But the next one is when his brother is supposed to come home and take over um, the building alone, and his brother has like that good opportunity. He's like, no, I'm just gonna you you go like because they don't even show that. There's not even a scene of that. It's just like implied that George is obviously gonna like do that for his brother, like which is it's pretty good too because at that point they've established George well enough. They just how do you you know uh, any other movie it's like how do you not have that scene of of this happening but it's not there it just you know obviously this is what happens there's just one moment that's like really subtle that like isn't explicit but then you it once the scene changes you realize oh this is that's exactly what happened because it's at the end of um they're on the train platform and he's meeting his brother's new wife And you can see like the disappointment dawning on him when he's like, oh, I, you know, oh, is your brother's going to take this job. And then Harry's like, I'm not don't worry about it. I know you've been here with the building and loan. Like, I, I'm not going to let you down. And then George goes over and he's just like he just asks the new wife, like, is it a good job? And then the next scene is like, yep, he's still at the building and loan. He sent his brother away. Like, that's clearly what happened. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that yeah. one's worse because it's that old building. And loan. All, it's on. You know what I mean? Like. He had the choice, and he's just too good of a guy, so he had to he had to let his brother go. Ugh. Yeah, um, and then there's a sequence where it's the first hints of George not, um, you know, managing his his uh, depression that well. Where it's the years later, and Mary's back from college now, and he. Yes vaguely wanders over after uncle billy gets super drunk at a party um mm-hmm. guys fun fact alert when uncle billy leaves that scene at super drunk from that party and you hear the crashing yeah um that was actually uh like a pa that had dropped a tray of props and the guy playing uncle billy improvised i'm fine um to oh make it God. sound like he had crashed himself into like a bunch of uh you know, trash cans or something. Trash cans, yeah. And oh, that um, was so good. And, yeah, that is really good. So that was that was. So that's it's a found moment. Yeah, that was one of the bits I liked when he goes to give Uncle Billy the hat, and Uncle Billy's really drunk, and he's like, "Oh, thanks. Which one is it?" And he's like, "It's the middle one." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is good. It's a good bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Capra ended up paying that assistant ten dollars extra for for improving the sound, uh, which is uh, you know seems like Sweet. a weird guy, but nice guy maybe. I don't know. <laughs> George wanders over to Mary's house. And she's really excited to see him. 
she set up a series of callbacks to that like magical night after falling in the pool. Oh. She's had a cartoonist do up a whole do up a a large mock up of George lassoing the moon. Lassoing, yeah. you're from Texas, which is the proper <laughs> term. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Lassoing? Okay. I assume you, she you did. You should it. know this. Come on. I assume she did too. Yeah. Why yeah, do you I, think just... Mary can't draw? When is when what else does she? Because that's like professional quality. Cartoonism. Cartoonizing. Cartoonizing. Cartooning. Sorry. And you just assume she can't do that? I'm sure she can do that. I just like, why aren't you doing that all the time if it's that good? Maybe she does. We don't get to see that much of what she does, you know? In my mind, it's funnier if she's gotten a commission, I guess, is where I'm at. But <laughs> I'm I'm sure she has a lot of skills like that. Greg's fo- Greg is frozen in an it. incredulous stare. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, he's frozen. They never tell us what Mary goes to school for. I guess it doesn't matter no. what she went to learn, huh? <laughs> doesn't matter. Maybe she went to art school. for. Maybe. She could have, for all we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The decorations in their house. Yeah, you're back. Yes. (laughs) The decorations look great. Yeah. On topic, when he goes to Mary's house, he's a total dick. I I totally spaced out. Such a dick. He's such a dick. That was, you forget about it because then he goes back to like all the scenes following are him like fucking saving the whole town and like getting everyone housed. So like you kind of forget that he was such an asshole in that one scene. But I was like, I was not happy with him that whole time. <laughs> You're forgetting, Greg, that this is Mary's last chance. Like you said, she's almost completely barren at this point in her life. And like <laughs> men could just be super rude to women post-college, right? Like, it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. if it's you don't want to have to use that degree, you're going to have to put up with my bullshit. So um, no, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, such, he's such a jerk. He makes her break that record about the Buffalo gals. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is too I, bad. It made me sad to think that, like, them getting married was another thing that was keeping him from living the life that he wanted to live. And, like, uh, it, you know, clearly that's why he was so resistant to, like, doing that. But I was just like, this is like, you're doing someone, you're doing a chore by, like, marrying this woman. Like, I don't know. It's just like. So I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it like that's initially why he didn't want to marry her was because he thought it would like tie him to yeah. Bedford Falls. But then I I thought in it in like a more hopeful light that like they could go together places because the next like they're trying to go on like fancy honeymoon to like travel together. Right. So like I knew it wasn't going to happen, but that's how I thought of it was George had decided like, you know, I can I can marry her and do my my thing. I can I can have it all. But he was wrong. He gets none. Yeah. <laughs> and it's well, the building yeah. and loan that really ties him down. <laughs> he has to give his own money to people to get them to not like sell their souls to Potter, pretty much. Because um, no one will give him a fucking break. That first okay. guy who took all the $340, then everyone after him just took like 20 bucks. He must have felt so bad. <laughs> like he oh, overhears that as he's walking out. Like, I got to get out of here. Before we do, still in the scene. Um, <laughs> Sam calls. Sam is the other suitor. He's in New York being yes. fondled um, on the other end of the line. Um, he calls with his great idea about plastics, which makes him extremely rich in the future. Uh, he's the one who's like set to marry Mary. 
And uh, it seems like Mary doesn't want that, but she wants to make George Bailey jealous. So George leaves. He leaves. He's almost out of there. He almost has the perfect future he could have had. But Mary calls him back in to talk to Sam on the phone. And uh, they get married. And then, then they lose all their money immediately. Yeah. Immediately. All their money. That I, I like that scene a lot, too. When the people start asking for like, I need $17 in the, you know what I mean? Yeah. 50 cents. Um, yeah. Was- yeah. Oh, but I, yeah. Now that I mentioned Violet, as soon as she showed up on the screen, the very first scene with her, she says something to George. I don't even remember what it is, but I looked at her and went, wow, slow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about when she's like seven? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a child. Like just knowing you, that's you know you find the adult adult version. But uh, I was I, right. Well, Mary, Mary kind of calls her a slut. What? Mary kind of calls her a slut because she's like, "Oh, I like him." Which is a very- you like everyone? Yeah, all, all the boys or something. She says, "Yeah, yeah." It's like, damn, Mary's judgy. Yes, it's probably what said Violet down that path. Now, maybe if Mary hadn't been born. Violet would have turned out perfectly normal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious that how much she balks when he says, let's go take off our shoes and run the grass. <laughs> She's like, what? And he gets yeah. so offended. <laughs> yeah. She gets so mad. Uh, you start saying something about Violet and then you, then you froze if you want to finish your thought. Oh, no, no. I, I want to talk about Potter. All right. Let's, let's, run, let's run an ISO. Greg, talk about Potter. I know. Um, he sucks. He's terrible. This guy. <laughs> what a dick. Am I the only one who like didn't like this guy? Know. No, I'm we all use, didn't like uh, him. Oh no, no, I, I liked him. I liked him a lot. I thought I want I want to be him. No. Um <laughs> the fact that he doesn't get in trouble in the end of the movie. What did he do wrong? It's the 40s. He stole $8,000. He stole eight thousand dollars from fucking his uncle. No one knows besides the also weirdly ages ageless bodyguard who's always standing behind his wheelchair. It just like I I I would have bet money that like something was gonna happen. They were gonna like the police were gonna figure out he took the money. Something or like someone was gonna turn on. I don't know. I, I I thought something bad was gonna happen to him in the end, but he does not get his comeuppance. I think his comeuppance is that he's like holds in a previous scene, basically like you're getting your, your whole business is getting eaten up by this dude because people just want to, you know, work with him instead, essentially. And, um, it'll be more of a slow death. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. George wins again. George wins again. This guy just can't, you know, he's even just straight up stealing all the money from his business and still can't like put a dent in it because he ends up so much richer at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I guess I just, I, he's such a dick the whole movie that I really want <laughs> something to have, you know what I mean? He, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like if the, the movie has a good ending, but like, I was just surprised that he doesn't get anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it also just made me really sad that, like in the movie the good guys like win but like i feel like these days that's just you know not the case the potters of the world 
have taken over. I don't know. (laughs) There's no world in which George wins anymore. I don't know. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he barely wins in this world. Otter's just like getting into politics, talking about making America great again. Like we all know what's coming with that guy. Like, you know, Um, this is, yeah. So I think, the comeuppance is is that what Potter really cared about was taking that smug smile off of George Bailey's face. And the last time we see Potter, it's when George is running through town in his ecstatic jubilance and saying Merry Christmas to everyone. And he pops in Potter's window and says Merry Christmas with a big smile on his face and looks Mm -hmm. happy. And then so Potter, I'm sure here's later all the reasons, but that that is, I guess, the comeuppance is like, you can't keep this guy down. He's still he's still He's straight, man. He's good. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's all the come up as you get, at least in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have necessarily like a vindictive tone. No. In it. So, I, yeah. I don't think it detracts from it. Like, I, I think it makes sense for the movie that that's what yeah. happens. But I, I, I personally just wanted to see something. You know what I mean? But, I get you. Me too. Yeah, he couldn't have <laughs> fallen down a set of stairs or something. I don't know. Had a heart attack. Did it have the same Got ending arrested. as The Exorcist? I was thinking the same ending as The Exorcist would have been sick in this movie. So, he so comes flying out of that window, but in his chair, you know what I mean? Floor. Yeah. Or maybe a vigilante or something shows up. <laughs> Just throws him out a window. There's, yeah, there's a options. stairs right outside that window, it turns out. <laughs> There's definitely options, yeah. Yeah, and I just i I thought they could have did picked one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I uh, I liked this movie a lot. I'm trying to think of what else we we got all the way to the end of. We somehow did most of the plot and then skipped skipped over Clarence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, Clarence just isn't in it much. You know what I mean? No, he's he's really on screen for if you put all of his actual like seconds on screen together, you're probably around 10 to 12 minutes. But the section of the movie he's in is 22 minutes, I think something like that. Um, yeah, he's he's weird, though. He's 200 something years old. I like I said, I, I think he he only cares about him. He's yelling at George the whole time. My wings, my wings, my I do like Nick, I'm giving out all the wings. We missed the whole middle, but got the beginning and end, and maybe we leave it like that. I don't know. That's perfect. <laughs> I think it, anytime I say anything, if you catch the beginning and the end, you probably got all you needed. And I'll just have a, like a weird cut to just push them together. Um, <laughs> I think you're saying you like when Nick is making fun of him by making the cash register ding and saying he's giving out wings. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm giving out wings over here. <laughs> it was that's a good bit. I like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. the, the guy with the facial expressions when they were in the like um the bridge outpost or wherever that was. Yeah. And he kept <laughs> kept being like, What? <laughs> like yeah. and then slowly backed out the, of the uh, room. <laughs> the bridge keeper or whatever. He was freaked out yeah. by all this angel talk. <laughs> right. And that's when he wishes that he'd never been born. 
the and the sequence of the movie that as we mentioned earlier has been parodied by oh oh so many things or over the years um worth mentioning this whole movie based on a novella from earlier in the 40s which itself is obviously at least inspired partly by uh christmas carol um but the christmas carol-y part of it is really just this 20 minutes ah okay the like walking through the christmas's past is kind of like the kind of yeah yeah yeah, it's almost like a Ghost of Christmas Future scenario. Like, here's how everyone's getting on without you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, except, obviously, in Christmas Carol, it's like everyone's stoked that you died, which isn't the case here. Um, I'm looking up uh, things I have parodied. It's a Wonderful Life. I'm trying to find Oh, it. it's probably a good list. Yeah. If that Sony show isn't on there, what did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> The Santa Claus 3? Okay, cool. Click. The one with Kermit. Butterfly Effect. 13 going on 30. Wow, there's a lot. I I knew there was a lot. Forever After. Okay. (laughs) I didn't expect it to be such a short part of the movie. Yeah. The the ending with The the Wish, um, I, I thought that might be the least interesting part of the whole movie, honestly. Like going around and seeing what the town is like without him. It was pretty chaotic. Pro- yes. It just takes him yeah. it just takes him a while to like you're kinda like, I mean, you know, it would be hard to believe, but like the first few things happen and then like maybe let's not keep almost getting arrested, George. Let's understand right. what's happening. Assaulting oh. people what? and inciting violence. What do you punches? <laughs> what do you punches Bert, the police officer, and he just opened fires? Bert yeah. just oh, yeah. opened fires to into the street. There's like people everywhere. Bert opened fires, and I was like, "Wow, it's Christmas! It, this is the, the 40s." Are packed. I was like, "This is the 40s." Christmas Eve is just getting out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shoot first, ask questions later. I mean, in Bert's defense, he's like, "This guy's been a pain in my ass for the last 20 minutes. It's time for him to go." I don't care if it's Christmas Eve. No second chances. <laughs> this guy who just a few minutes ago, I was like, oh, you're clearly having a mental breakdown. Let's get you to the hospital. Let's fucking now, kill him. Fuck this guy. Look at him. He's he's trying to run away from me. He, he's not getting away. <laughs> That's the last straw, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Nobody. Nobody ever fixed up the old house that they live in. No. Oh, yeah. That's a cool old house. Okay. The, that that house, like, as soon as they, like, break the windows, I'm going to end up living in this house. But when they go in it on the honeymoon, I was like, this you can't save this house. It's, like, raining <laughs> in the house. <laughs> and I was like, and it's been like this for it's years. It's definitely a teardown. <laughs> Mold so everybody. This, renovate this. No way. <laughs> This, there's no way you could fix that up with a little bit of elbow grease. <laughs> and then he does say, it's, like, it's a wonder we don't all have pneumonia. It's like, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably like, there's check for mold, dude. Like, there's there's bad shit going on in this house. <laughs> Just cover it all in a fresh coat of lead paint and like, let's get on with our lives, I guess. <laughs> so Clarence, he is weird. Um, 
And you're right. He is very task oriented. And to his credit, he's straight up like, I'm kind of here for you. Like, I'm your guardian angel, but like, this is a two way street, buddy. <laughs> like, we're both getting something out of this, and I'm just going to be straight up with you. I'm getting more out of this. <laughs> and Jordan's okay with it because he obviously appreciates Clarence. And yeah, Clarence gives him the book. He says the nice thing to his daughter about the, or, you know, the angel getting the wings and whatnot. Yeah. So he, boy, he appreciates it. Yeah, that a boy. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah uh it's great it's good stuff i like clarence a lot i like that he never really softens from his original stance of like looking out for number one <laughs> and yes uh and he's just kind of like i'm just gonna be fucking weird so all this to say in 1990 they made a direct to home video sequel to it's a wonderful life called clarence oh Clarence is played by um, Robert Carradine, uh, you know, a classic direct-to-home video actor uh, who is substantially younger than Henry Travers is in this film. Um, But the backstory is after he got his wings, he also got younger. So it's just a different guy. Um, And one of the rules, it's a very different thing. There's another angel who I guess can't intervene directly but his wife, like his earth wife, is contemplating suicide. His widow, like this guy just died, so he's a recent angel. Clarence has to go help the widow. Um, the people back on Earth are distraught because this guy was trying to make a good video game and he didn't finish it in time before he died. And there's like and there's like an evil businessman that's trying to steal, I guess, the code and turn it into a violent video game. So it's like Weirdly, like a movie of that's like anti-video game violence. Um, but one of the rules that Clarence has is that somebody is like checking up on him and making sure he doesn't tell people he's an angel this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First, when did when did that come out? What year? I gotta know. And why did we do the prequel instead of that one? Yeah, that sounds like the greater of the two. Certainly, that's the one on all the AFI lists. Uh, that came out in 1990. It's that called Clarence. <laughs> nice. Do you remember at the beginning of the movie how they were all just like sh- the other angels were just shitting on him the whole time? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, oh man, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's playing with his clocks, and then I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna show up and be all about clocks. Nope. <laughs> no more clocks. Yeah. Apparently, He's, he is more into clocks in Clarence. Yeah, because it's 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 more true to his character. Obviously, that's the better film. Uh, Clarence also sub ninety minutes. It's an eighty-seven minute direct-to-video sequel. Uh, so yeah, they they got all the good Clarence bits in there. I think you mentioned that. This sequence is your least favorite. Greg mentioned this um, uh, of the whole movie, this like 20 ish minute stretch. I think it is like if the movie played out the way I wanted it to. Now that I know Clarence better, um, it would have been too much Clarence. If like an hour of this movie is spent with Clarence and his weird gambits. Yeah. And whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Clarence is in this movie a lot. And like, I see why that's the big parodied part of this movie, because that feels like a really substantial section, despite it's it's, you know, 
relatively short length. Yeah, yeah, I think it's because like Lindsay said, it's so chaotic. It's like almost apocalyptic, like when he's going down like the main street and like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's 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 borderline. Um, Everyone he knows is a fascist or like a street urchin now. Yeah, there's no in between. Yeah, or some kind of felon. (laughs) Old man Goward did did end up poisoning a kid, so he had to go to jail, and now he just gets sprayed square in the jaw with soda fountains. I wonder how we would have felt about this if we hadn't had all that pop culture reference to this movie. You know, I think it would have been like a wild third act swing, right? If you don't know that's coming, right? Mm. That's true. Maybe maybe it was too much for people. It is a a bit out there, right? Mm-hmm. It is really hard to put yourself in a headspace of even like a bunch of us just said, we don't think we've sat down and watched this movie before. Or Ray, you said maybe one time before you actually sat down and watched it all the way through. But like, we all know that's what's coming. We all think that that's like a really big part of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I legitimately can't put my heads myself in the headspace of not knowing that that's coming. And then to go back to the beginning, when it zooms out to space, you probably go, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yes, that. Uh, so that that uh, for sure, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? OK, I was like, I didn't. I, what the, what is this movie about? Like, I, I'm so lost yeah. already. <laughs> is this actually more jarring because it's like it's up in space. Some stars are talking to each other about this co-worker that they think sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> really into clocks. You're like, there's a lot of information, Frank. A lot of people that, yeah, they mentioned a lot of people are praying for George. It's really just George's kids. Great setup. Um, <laughs> that being said, knowing where it's going, um, Greg, you also mentioned that the pacing's really good. It makes you wait an hour and 40 minutes to get to Clarence. But I agree. Um, all of those things that we described, all like his series of unfortunate events, they do hit that much harder as it's like, I know this guy's the before we even see this dude on screen, we know that we're getting to a moment where he's thinking about killing himself. Um, and every time this happens, you're kind of like, is it the moment? And then, um, and then Jimmy Stewart playing him at every age after being a small child also helps that. Cause you're, it's kind of disorienting. You're like, I guess this could happen at any time. I don't really know what age he's supposed to be when it happens. I, I like I like the pacing and the structure a lot. In this. Like I said, I feel like they keep you in each period of his life for like exactly as long as I want to be there. Yeah. Um, and like you said, too, you never know when it's going to happen. Very early on, I think maybe the the first like right around when his dad dies and he misses the first trip, the angels tell Clarence like Clarence says, I'm like, oh, he never goes on that trip. So, you know, right away, like he's not going anywhere. So every time they set up for him to go somewhere, you're like, well, okay, is this, he's not going to make it there. So is this what's going to do it for him? Oh, and the fact that he couldn't even get away in the war because of his ear. Oh, oh yeah. That one, that one hurt. I was like, seriously, he couldn't even get out during the war. He <laughs> had to stay yeah. home and yeah. garbage. <laughs> yeah. Blow, blow the air raid whistle. Yep. That, yeah. That one hurt. Mm-hmm. Did every single time they kick you really hard for fucking poor George? Yeah, it's, it's impressive. They, they they really make you feel bad for him, even after you watch him be an absolute dick to marry that one time, and then 
an absolute <laughs> asshole with his kids. The only interaction you see with him with his kids is him being a total dick. But I still feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of gives you the whole picture of this dude who has been for, you know, uh, by Jimmy Stewart's face, 60 years or so, just such a decent guy. Um, and just keeps getting beaten down by this, these circumstances of life that are, and it's not even that they're beyond his control. Some of them are, but a lot of it is like the way he handles it is like, he's just this, so it's just extremely uber decent fellow who is just trying to help out his community and the people around him, family members, neighbors, doesn't really matter. He's just trying to help everybody. Um, and that pays off in the end, but it's, it's, it's definitely taken years off this guy's life. <laughs> he's never going to Italy. That's for damn sure. He's got like four kids now. Yeah. He's like, why do we have to have all these kids? Like, you're yelling, <laughs> dude. They're still, they're not that far away. Yeah. You don't yell that. I, yeah, no, he's not making it to Italy. I have two kids and I, I don't even think I can make it to Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> they have pasta. <laughs> you do the curbside to go then just get like everyone in the car and you know yeah, yeah. I like uh, there's a scene I think when he's a kid and he uh, goes to his dad to ask for help about the poisoning and Potter's yelling at him and he yells back about how his dad's a good guy I think something about his dad being rich or something like that and someone else eventually says like the same thing to him or something very similar. Uh, and I like that a lot. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just because George kind of idolizes his dad a bit because of what his dad does in the community. And then he just goes and does the same thing and doesn't seem to realize, you know what I mean, even though he thought it was great when his dad did it. I don't know. I just thought that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. The, the book inscription in Tom Sawyer at the end uh, from Clarence, remember George, no man is a failure who has friends. You know, just a fucking good line. <laughs> it's a really good line. Yeah. And I like, I feel like so relatable to right? Because how many people feel like they don't get to do everything they want to do and want to be shown that their life is worthwhile. So, you know, it's heartwarming. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's impressive because it's a good balance too. Cause it's a, it's like almost two hours of just someone having everything not work out for them and then wants to commit suicide in the end. You're like, well, that was a very heartwarming movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's tough to pull off. It is. To, yeah. To come out of it being like, Oh yeah. What a, what a, what a treat to watch this every yeah. holiday season. Uh, yeah. 100 minutes of shitty things happening to a nice guy. Who's just trying his best. <laughs> 20 minutes of a fucking weirdo biting cops and then you're like I loved it <laughs> it seemed like it should work but it does yeah exactly I just loved um, that he bit that cop <laughs> I feel like this movie aged surprisingly well you know yeah. like, all the messages seemed relevant. Like I didn't feel like anything was like super outdated. I did mention like when they all jumped in the pool, I'm like, well, no one's got cell phones in their pockets. But I mean, like other than that, like this movie was just, I don't know. Yeah. It was super relatable to today, even though it's as old as it is, you know? Yes. They go on very basic human feelings that I yeah. feel like will keep it working, even though it's what? Eight years old. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> 
the Hansen Company claims that it's a coincidence that Bert and Ernie are named Bert and Ernie on oh, Sesame yeah, Street. I was going to say that. Yeah. Oh, I read that too so when I claim. was looking through. Mm-hmm. It says that they, uh, they, they reference it in a Elmo Saves Christmas holiday special. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the three year olds really appreciated that reference. There you go. <laughs> they did. They were like, that's a life reference. <laughs> All right, let's get to ratings on a scale of 0. 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing, aside from stars, going up by halves. What would you give the 1946 Frank Capra classic, It's a Wonderful Life? I'll go. Okay. I'm going to give it 4.5 moons lassoed. Hmm. It's still the easy one, I think. <laughs> I'll give it, I'm going to give it five out of five old maids in the library. Absolutely <laughs> ruined women. <laughs> yes. Which is why. My point five is missing, by the way. <laughs> I'm gonna give it four and a half out of five broken stairwell knobs. That that bit like killed me every time he pulled that thing off the stairwell. It was awesome. I have a lot of moments like that. I don't know if you ever do where something like that happens and you just like Jimmy Stewart does a great like tense up like I'm about to go absolutely apeshit. <laughs> yes. And then like you then you pull it back. You pull it back. Um, but you can tell he was just going to start fucking wailing on the railing and probably break his fist. But, you know, I was going to go with, uh, four and a half out of five extremely task oriented angels. Um, but, and I'm aware it's not good when I do this. I don't think it is, but I have to stick to my guns here and go with four and a half out of five. Wonderful old building. Is it alone? Um, <laughs> trying to think like is it like attorneys general how to make that plural and i went with buildings and loan and i think that was the absolute wrong option it's fine um um, anyway and like i said i know it's not a good jimmy stewart impression i feel like we didn't mention enough in the vertigo episode that we didn't think what we were doing was good or pleasant to hear um and i'm worried people thought we did think that it was good anyway I can't do impressions at all, but every time I think of him, all I can so think bad. of is the uh, Mary. Mary. <laughs> I just, I just think of it as a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I, Jimmy Stewart and Mister DNA. It's it's the same impression for me. <laughs> you Merry Christmas, you wonderful old dinosaur. <laughs> um, anyway. That's funny to us, at least. Um, <laughs> I actually think it got worse over the course of the episode every time I tried to do one. I think I actually was a lot closer at the beginning. Not that it was ever good, but it's definitely got worse. And that was unintelligible. I'm sure everything I just said. Um, as you know, we're trying to string these together somehow, even though the theme of Christmas movies, you know, is fairly solid. But whatever. That's the precedent now. This month's question what is your go-to comfort watch in the holiday season? Oh, this is so easy. Elf. Elf, okay. Is there a right answer? Every time. There's not a right answer. It's there open-ended. Is. 
Greg's made it sound like it, it. There was definitely a right answer. I have a wrong answer, so <laughs> I know hers. Mine is just friends. Oh, oh. I like just friends. Okay. Wow, I have not watched that movie in forever. I forgot about that movie. I just rewatched it recently again, but like it's you know Christmas time, and it's just ah oh, man, I can like quote the whole thing. I watched it so many times. Um, yeah, me and my brother used to watch it a bunch together. 2005 November that is our freshman year of high school. I mean that's a boom time for nostalgia, I feel like. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Where does that fall on the Christmas movie scale, you think? <laughs> that's a good question. It is very Christmassy. I mean it's like more rom-com than Christmas movie, but like the whole setting is like christmas oriented Mm. from start to finish it's like for new year's they end up together spoiler alert (laughs) does christmas happen in the movie i can't remember Mm -hmm. okay fun fact oh uh it took four hours to put on ryan reynolds prosthetic fat face and it weighed 12 pounds oh yeah what's your what's your movie ray (laughs) um so i have in recent years gotten into really bad christmas movies like the lifetime originals like the the worse they are the better i just i don't know there's something about them that just i i really enjoy watching them um but single all the way is my current favorite i'll just put that one on all the time while i'm working and (laughs) it's it's the the netflix original about the the gay couple that came out a couple years ago and I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to check it out. I have not seen it. <laughs> it's good as far as like, you know, bad Christmas movies go, but it, I'm not proud of this. <laughs> Fun fact, the, the, the three leads are all gay. That's actually on IMDb trivia. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Okay, sure. <laughs> but Okay. <laughs> It was filmed in Quebec. Uh, okay. This is this isn't really trivia. This is just sort of a fact that's observable about the movie. Yeah. Well, it takes place in New Hampshire, so. Oh. Well, it was filmed close, in Quebec, so they fucked close up. Close enough. Yeah. Hey, no, how come they got fun facts? I you didn't give me any elf facts. Yeah, we all seen elf. Fun fact: Will Ferrell's in it. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, no way. Forced perspective instead of they use forced perspective. Okay, I'll I'll give you one. Uh, Will Ferrell turned down twenty nine million dollars to be in a sequel. That's a lot of fucking money. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. Good for him. That would have been a bad sequel. Yeah, that's smart. You can't go up from there, you know. Well, you can't financially buy like twenty nine million dollars. <laughs> ben, what's your movie? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So it's weird. I guess I'm trying to think, should I use the same one every week or should I change it? Because I know you would also think I have the wrong answer because mine last week I said it was Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm. And Greg hates Muppets. I That movie, I, I don't remember what I gave it, but like an enjoyable like Christmas movie. I think it's probably the best version of a Christmas Carol I've seen. We might not have been doing ratings. I, I think we weren't doing ratings yet. Oh, we might not have been. Yeah. 
yeah, we weren't doing ratings yet. So, uh, what what would you give up at Christmas Carol? I'd have to watch it again. Um, <laughs> I don't know, somewhere between three and a half and four, though. But like, what's your scale? Ghost of Christmas Future. There you go. <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick a different one, uh, since Sam's not here, he said Die Hard last week. I, I would echo that. Die Hard's a great Christmas watch. Good comfort uh, film. I've never seen Die I've Hard. Never seen Die Hard. We already did it, which is unfortunate. Maybe we do it again. I don't know. I actually need to fill a fourth slot this month, so maybe we just do Die Hard again. <laughs> Die Hard again, honestly, is a better title than like half of the Die Hard sequels. I was going to say, is that, <laughs> yeah. is that the sequel? Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard again is better than Live Free or Die Hard or Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Die Hard 2 is better than Die Hard again, but that's it. <laughs> anyway. Um, that just about does it. I think any, any final thoughts okay. on Christmas on Christmas? <laughs> I, yeah. I love Christmas. I'm a sucker for Christmas movies. Yay. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So that was a, that was probably enough tangents. It's after nine. I, I have work off tomorrow. You guys have kids, so we should probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you guys though. I know. Are you you doing okay? How how are things? Nope. No, we're doing good. No, not the kids are getting older. (laughs) They get easier when they get older, so that's nice. I am living for pictures and videos of them. So you have to have your own. These ones are ours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I might come steal one. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we're just giving them away, so. Greg's always walking around like, whose idea was it to have all these kids anyway? (laughs) Shaking them and yelling. Ripping knobs off the banister. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you know me. What a great great transition. Let me actually end the podcast real quick. That does it for It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, And halfway through Christmas, hope you're feeling merry. Um, thanks uh, for being on Lindsay, Greg, Craig, and Stray <laughs> thanks <laughs> I had to keep this Good in pod, order Greg. good job Craig halfway through Christmas yeah I, the, the Christmas episodes you know <laughs> doing four this was the second one yeah alright mm-hmm. anyway bye <laughs> <laughs>